Welcome, guys, uh, to our first podcast. This is The Lifting Nerds, and today we have our first episode. I want to welcome all the listeners. We have myself, Adrian, and Brandon here. And so, Brandon, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? How's it going, guys? My name is Brandon. Um, so I'll talk about a little bit about myself just to kind of introduce myself to the podcast with you guys. Um, so I've been strength training for the past eight years of my life, or I guess 10 years now in total. Um, and I'm a national level uh, men's physique competitor in the BCABBA organization, which uh, unfortunately, I don't even know if they're still going, uh, but I'm going to be switching over to the WMBF uh, organization where I will be competing with Adrian. Um, and I've, uh, yeah, I've competed in five total men's physique shows. Um, placing anywhere between like first to third to like eighth in some of those shows. Uh, but I'm excited. To, uh, I've got uh, a bodybuilding competition coming up in Kelowna in June, where I'll be competing in my very first bodybuilding class. Um, I am also, um, I have my bachelor's in kinesiology or human kinetics. Um, I'm a C- CSEP certified personal trainer, and I have my precision uh, level one. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about myself. Uh, how about you, Adrian? All right. So I've been working out consistently for like five years now. Not as much as you have, but before that, I was actually an interior designer for like good 12 years. And I made a big career change about like three years ago where I decided to become a personal trainer. Uh, before that, I've actually uh, competed in a natural men's physique show in Hong Kong. Uh, before I moved back here in Vancouver, uh, where I got my certification with NASM, uh, pretty well known in the US, I'm not sure about in Canada. But um, yeah, uh, my bachelor's was, uh, was what I did in college. So that was interior design where that didn't go very well. But uh, yeah, I am going to be competing in a natural show of WMBF in June 26th. So you guys are in Kelowna. Uh, Come check us out. I don't think they can allow in person, but we'll see what they have here. But uh, anyways, welcome guys. So uh, for this podcast, me and Brandon are both science nerds when it comes to lifting. We're very passionate and actually how we're training with science can be tied together. And in some like even science or evidence-based is showing can actually really benefit the training quality and uh, maybe even shorten out the outcome. So these are some of the expectations that what this podcast is really about, where we try to break some myths, uh, which it's crazy in how some of the myths are out there. Uh, For example, like squatting without your knees, passing your toes, but that's like, holy shit, I'm just going to talk about that another time. But here's one of the bigger myths that Brandon, you hear a lot, don't you? What are what is that big myth that you always talk that you always <laughs> that carbs are gonna make you fat? Like really, holy yeah. shit! Okay, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. So, what is that act? What does that actually mean? Why do people actually have this uh, this mind state that the the carbs make you fat? I find it's just through like social media and like these people that promote these like fast, quick fixes that if you eliminate, um, say, carbohydrates or refined sugars and stuff like that, that you're going to be able to lose this weight. Um, they try to just, yeah, they try to get these fix uh, or fast fixes, 
um, when realistically to lose body fat, um, as many of you probably know as well, that uh, it's to create that calorie deficit, right? So creating a negative energy balance. So essentially what that is, is you're burning off more calories than you are consuming. Um, it's a little bit more complicated with your metabolism as well, but we won't go quite into that right now. But essentially, yeah. So you can be on any form of diet that causes this calorie deficit um, to cause you to lose weight. Um, there have been multiple studies out there when they equate protein and carbohydrates that, uh, or when they equate, sorry, calories and uh, protein that there um, is no difference in weight loss between uh, those different diets, between a high carb diet, low fat versus um, high, <laughs> high fat, low carbohydrate diet. So it's just, yeah, there's a lot of like myths out there. A lot of people that just don't have the knowledge base and say that it works for them. Like they take carbs out of their diet and they see that it's working for them. So they think everybody should go on to it. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to expand on there? Adrian? Yeah. So absolutely right. So that is absolutely what we're talking about here. So from what Brandon was actually just saying, there was a 2016 evidence uh, study on how this low carb diets versus like low fat diet um, actually works. And on an, an another one, which was in 2018. So this study on carbs is bad for you has been broken many, 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 many years ago. So I would highly recommend you guys go Google it. Even Google will tell you a lot of the information on why carbs is actually good for you. So the first thing that probably will pop up, let's just define carbohydrates for our audience. So carbohydrates is a food that we eat that converts them into a type of sugar called glucose. Now, glucose is the main fuel source for our cells. So what that is, it's your, it's your energy source. So if you don't eat carbs, indirectly, indirectly, oversimplifying is saying that if you don't have your enough carbs, you're not going to have enough energy to use them out the day. You're, if you don't eat carbs, you're probably not going to have enough energy to you know, go pick up your kids and run your errands, go back home to cook, go to your work. That's all going to tank your daily living, excluding the, all that energy you're going to be training for that 60 minutes in the gym or whatever you do as a sport. So this is like the first definition that probably Google will give you. Uh, and coming into that, back into the studies of why the carbohydrate makes you fat is exactly what Brandon has talked about on what the deficit and the surplus actually means that ties into a whole other different things but uh yeah i would agree because there's a there's uh there's a difference between you know a a, a culture thing too where there's a western diet and a, a an asian diet for a, being an asian myself uh the food choices that we eat is so different from what we actually can uh, access here uh so for example like you're on a de you're in a deficit right now. What yeah. are the carbs that you actually take? So a lot of the carbs that I'm consuming are yeah complex carbohydrates, a lot of vegetables too, um, just high volume of vegetables because they're going to be higher in fiber. Um, they're going to be a little bit more filling too, um, so it allows me to create that calorie deficit without going too crazy. Like I still have some complex carbohydrates from like rice. Um, from um, like oatmeal, um, 
stuff like that um, to get like this uh, starchy complex carbs uh, to help fuel for energy. Um, obviously, you can still like when you're resting, your main fuel source is going to be coming from fat sources. When you are going to the gym, your main fuel source is going to be those carbohydrates. Obviously, all the time you're going to be still utilizing a little bit of fat or carbohydrates. It's just the ratios are going to be a little bit different, say, for when you are exercising in the gym, pushing yourself, doing like yeah, a set of 10, um, you're going to be utilizing more carbohydrates there than fat. If you're on like a treadmill, walking at a low intensity, steady state, you're going to be utilizing a little bit more fat as a fuel source there. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, the other carbs that I like complex carbs, that's, that actually defines as just rice and pasta. And what else would be considered complex carbs for you? Uh, like vegetable sources would be complex carbohydrates as well. Okay. Um, and then you have like your more kind of simple carbohydrates coming from like refined sugars um, and glucose or not glucose, um, um, fructose and stuff like that from your fruits. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it does make sense since um, the, I do find that if you eat, if I actually just consume a little bit more fruits and vegetables, you know, it's more satiating throughout the day compared to, you know, just having like rice or pasta with a protein. Um, so snibbling on those, uh, on those fruits uh, with, you know, consuming a lot of higher in the fiber will actually just keep us a little bit more full if we're on a deficit for uh but here's the other point now we've got many individuals who would lose weight but they won't be as active as uh some other individuals who visits the gym i don't know four five six times a week so what would be your take for um uh, long-term weight loss, you know, uh, population. So what I would do with them, if they're not as active, uh, like what I would do with their carbohydrates, essentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you still having a moderate amount of carbohydrates is going to be important for that overall energy throughout the day. Um, but making sure majority of those carbohydrates are coming from those complex um, sources, making sure that you're getting those whole grain sources in, making sure that you're getting um, carbohydrate sources that have that fiber in it to help you feel full or satiate it. Um, and still having a little bit of like treats and stuff like that for adherence purposes, because if you're completely cutting out like cookies or um, any sugary snacks over time, you're going to actually crave those more. Um, and then it can lead to that all or nothing thinking where you think uh, the food is either good or bad, which can cause you to, um, since you can't have it, you want it more. So you might end up binging on it. Um, and it's just not creating a healthy relationship with food. So having like 80% of your uh, carbohydrates coming from these uh, whole food sources that are high in fiber, um, like the whole grains, the vegetables. Um, yeah. So I would say that would probably be a good option for people that aren't, uh, say, training quite as much as you and I. Yeah. So there's a, I know there's a, I realize there's a, a wide variety of uh, population. There are some individuals due to 
to their uh, lifestyle are a little bit more insulin sensitive compared to others. Uh, how, what, what is your take on their consumption of carbohydrates on, the, you know, like portion? Uh, how would you control like portion of some, somebody who's a little bit more insulin uh, sensitive compared to one who's not? Because there are different body types. Yes, there's uh, ectomorphs, there's mesomorphs, and of course there's uh, endomorphs. So myself, I'm naturally a skinny guy. So eating is not difficult, but trying to, let's say, gain muscle and bulk, that's, that's difficult for me. Um, yeah. So how would you measure on these, these, these type of uh, uh, carbohydrate consumptions? Yes, I, I don't really like um, uh, the mesomorphs, or like those, um, the body typing too much when it comes to um, uh, targeting for how much carbohydrates they need, because everybody's going to be a little bit different too. Obviously, if you are a little bit more insulin um, sensitive, uh, you might not want to have tons and tons of like high glycemic carbohydrates, maybe having moderate amounts of carbohydrates. They've even shown in research that having too much fat in your diet can actually cause your insulin to spike too. So it's not really completely limiting the carbohydrates by just, yeah, moderating the amount of total calories you're getting, making sure that you're not having a lot of like processed refined carbohydrates that are going to cause that spike in the blood glucose, which will lead to a greater spike in um, your blood pressure and everything. Um, so making sure that you're having small meals throughout the day with, uh, yeah, moderate to low um, glycemic foods is probably going to be the best option for somebody that's a little bit more insulin uh, resistant or in, um, don't have uh, like a high amount of insulin sensitivity. Also just working out more often is going to help with your insulin sensitivity and just generally losing more body fat will help with that as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's exactly right. So there's, uh, there's another question here on uh, how you, would you explain this? So We've got many individuals, including myself, where we eat a certain amount of uh, food, quote unquote, uh, where you experience food comas. So explain a little bit what that actually is. When you're um, getting into that food coma state, like when you're consuming, um, that's typically when you consume a very large amount of a food item i'm not actually i'm not quite sure what you're just like that sensation like why your body uh, yeah why, why does your way. yeah why does your body actually feel sleepy after you consume not really like a huge meal but there's some meals that we usually on a, a regular basis when we eat out or we have pizza for example after we have those foods they're we just had to go into a little bit of a food coma where we're just so tired. Yeah. What <laughs> so is actually happening to the body? So your um, glucose levels will spike up after those kind of meals typically, and then it'll drop down <laughs> really fast. And that's what can give you that kind of like woozy kind of just that kind of coma <laughs> sensation. Yeah. So that's why having like really high glycemic foods, um, like a couple hours away from training, like if it's too far away, um, you can kind of go into that state. So that's why if you're having some sort of um, high glycemic food, sugary, refined, refined sugars, anything, having them 
like within half an hour before a workout is probably going to be better than having them too far away from it because your blood glucose levels are going to drop off and it's going to make the workout not as effective. Yeah, because yeah. I do have uh, some individuals come ask me, it's like, oh, okay, so uh, should I like eat something before I come train or come after? So here's the other question. So pre-training carbohydrates and post-workout carbohydrates, who, well, like, how would you prioritize that? And uh, like, what would you recommend? Yeah, so for individuals, uh, most of the time just having – um, enough carbohydrates throughout the day is going to be enough. Like I'm not too um, restrictive or like too um, with nutritional timing around your workouts with carbohydrates. Like they are important for some individuals, especially um, people that are doing more running or doing more um, endurance based training. Cause they're going to be um, burning through a lot of that uh, glycogen for individuals that are doing more strength training. I think they only, utilize like 30 to 30 or 40% of their muscle glycogen during their workouts. So it's not as important for them, um, but still having some carbohydrates based before and after can be beneficial um, just for, especially for us right now competing because our gly uh, muscle glycogen stores aren't going to be as topped off since we are in that calorie deficit for a while. Um, so having, I would say moderate, um, uh, to moderate kind of carbohydrate uh, sources um, within a couple hours before training and then within kind of like a couple hours after is just that can possibly benefit you a little bit uh, during strength training or even having like an intra-workout carbohydrate source that's high glycemic like Gatorade powder or um, I think it's like the Carbion uh, supplement um, can be beneficial for some um, but I would say for the average population, it's, I wouldn't overemphasize it too much. I don't know. What, what would you say your thoughts are on it? No, uh, yeah, for carbohydrates, um, since we did talk about that, we, we just mentioned that the carbohydrates would be your main fuel source for your training. So what I would recommend for, even for myself, I would have that odd occasion where we're in so much of a rush that you just down your food and you go immediately to training. That is not ideal. It's not that you can't, but it's not ideal. Just making sure that those foods are very easily digested and absorbed into your body. Then your body can actually use those energy uh, a little bit more uh, quickly. But if you were actually have to have a meal, I would recommend at least like, yes, an hour, 30 minutes to an hour, 30 minutes, actually really pull, pull up, really pushing it. One hour would yeah. probably be like the best for, for your body to absorb whatever food you have intaken. Then uh, uh, at least it's in the digestive system, then you can utilize those energies and, and your body does break down those uh, carbohydrates into, uh, into glucose. And then you can use that as your main energy source. You'll feel a little bit more energetic uh, when you train. Uh, supplements on side, like say caffeine intake, will exclude those for now. But um, though the that is going to be uh, the main eating habits I would probably have. So about an hour before you train, uh, after your session uh, where uh, protein synthesis is, is like way up high. I would prioritize a protein intake uh, more than uh, carbohydrates, but 
that is only uh, it, it does depend on you know where you are at the at the current stage to say you have to go back to work or you're you're just not you're just going to be on the go then that's when protein shakes are there for as a convenience uh, but if not you can actually sit down have a meal like as long as your meal consists of a little bit higher sources of protein and uh, some like carbohydrates and vegetables, just any regular meal that you would probably have, just what I wouldn't recommend is just like takeout food, like, I don't know, like fast food. That's, that's going to be a big one. Uh, it's because it's so easy. It's so quick. That is something I wouldn't really recommend as uh, after post-training. Uh, since fats are going to be the, the priority in these fast food uh, joints. So let's say like, I know like a wrap from Tim Hortons or something like that would be so much better than uh, if you go to McDonald's or I don't know what the hell. But uh, that, that is something I would prioritize uh, post and pre-training. Yeah. And with the fat intake too, that's something that you want to minimize around your workouts too because it's going to slow down that digestive process so if you're having and it can um give you some gastric distress too if you're having high amounts of fat before training so i'd probably limit the amount of fat intake you're having before um just so you can utilize those protein and those carbohydrates without irritating your stomach absolutely so the main takeaway from today so why carbs don't make you fat what is your what is the biggest takeaway for our audience, right? Yeah. So the biggest takeaway would probably be just creating that calorie deficit. If you're wanting to lose weight, the only way that you're going to be gaining body fat is if you are in that calorie surplus, um, that's what's going to be driving that uh, fat gain. But uh, that would, I would say that would be definitely the main, main takeaway. Yes. So remember guys, eat your freaking carbs, Pre and post workout, carbohydrates is your friend. You have no carbohydrates, you're not gonna get around. All right, so that's all we've got today. Thank you so much for jo for joining us. We will uh, see you next week. Peace. Peace, guys. <laughs>